Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for First St. Charles United Methodist Church in downtown St. Charles, Missouri. We are so glad that you're here, and it's our prayer that you feel safe, welcome, and wanted in this space. If you're interested in finding out more about us or supporting our ministries, you can connect with us online at firststcharlesumc.org. Today's scripture comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, and the book of Lamentations, Chapter 3, Jeremiah 9, 10. Take up weeping and wailing for the mountains and a lamentation for the pastures of the wilderness because they are laid waste so that no one passes through. And the lowing of cattle is not heard. Both the birds of the air and the animals have fled and are gone. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In the reading of God's written word, we hear. In the hearing of God's word, we act. In the acting on God's word, It becomes living in our lives. Thanks be to God. Hate expeditiously. That was the phrase that Carlisle Marnie used to describe the spiritually necessary work when we've been harmed or when the world as love knows it can be is under threat. To hate expeditiously is to deal with our feelings cleanly, responsibly, completely, in a timely manner, and be done with it. If it gets lodged in us, it can kill us, or just as easily spill out from us in ways that do even more harm to ourselves and those whom we would love. Have you done the necessary hate work? Those who don't cut ourselves. Professional suicide, drink and drugs, flunking out, disordered eating, the slower suicides of self-loathing, the canary in the coal mine for many, the chronic whining, the cynicism, the ease with which we so readily play the victim, no matter the circumstance, or the reverse, The stubborn denial that anything is ever wrong. These are ways we hate inexpeditiously. If you care deeply enough, passionately enough, as I know so many of you do, you'll find that there is much that sits inside you. The spiritually sensitive will always find themselves torn by both grief and rage. And aren't they two sides of the same coin minted in a fierce sense of justice? In order to do this work, to do it well, or at least to do it better, Scripture gives us some very practical tools. One of these is lament. Today we begin a new message series, Learning to Read the Bible Again. 
we're looking at different types of literature to see what we might learn from each of them about how to live better. Lament is the gift we know too little. While quite a few figures in Scripture pour forth their souls in lament, none does so like Jeremiah. One of the major prophets, along with Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. Here's how Michelangelo has him pictured in the Sistine Chapel. Notice that his head is bowed. He's weary. One hand is draped limp and exhausted over his lap. The other hand covers his mouth as if to say, I got nothing. I got nothing I know to say or do that'll make a difference in this mess that has been made of the world. He's weeping because his nation is under threat by the Babylonians. The bigger battles are within. They're plagued by division, moral decay, and rampant idolatry. Sin is everywhere, and no one is taking any responsibility. Does any of this sound vaguely familiar? As the South American Gustavo Gutierrez once said, Woe to those whom the Lord finds dry-eyed, because they did not bring themselves to solidarity with the poor and the suffering of this world. Jeremiah has done the woe work, and it has left him with much over which to weep. He urges his fellow citizens to take up weeping and wailing for the mountains and a lamentation for the pastures of the wilderness because they are laid waste so that no one passes through and the lowing of cattle is not heard. Both the birds of the air and the animals have fled and are gone. Take up weeping and wailing. Can we take up his invitation to us? Tradition has it that this weeping prophet has given us two books. The book of Jeremiah and the book of Lamentations. So extensive and thorough is his hate work that that English has given us the word Jeremiad to describe a mournful complaint that goes on and on and on. Some of you sat through sermons like that, hopefully with some infrequence here. Though, as I've come to know, the best sermons are the ones I'm preaching as much to myself And you sense that I'm being honest with you because I'm daring to be honest with myself. And together, we're learning to be honest with God. As Sheila Walsh testifies, my brokenness is a better bridge for people than my pretend wholeness ever was. 
Roger Woolsey is someone I've been reading these days. He confesses, I increasingly choose to soften inside. I opt to lower my force field and admit what's going on inside. Most every time I do, people report that they feel safer in my presence, that they can share their real more comfortably because they experience me sharing what's truly real and alive in me. A lesson that I've learned and continually relearn is that when I share more openly and frankly about the things I'd rather people not know about me, the closer they feel to me. Sharing about the things that I tend to think if people knew X or Y about me, or if they see me cry or be afraid, they'll surely reject me and lose respect for me. Is precisely what helps people connect with me and make me want to connect more. Do you think he might be onto something with this business of sharing our internal business if so Jeremiah beat him to the punch showing us a pattern of bravely sharing what's going on inside the good the bad the ugly the confused the distorted the sad the anger the rage the hopeful the brutally honest when you hear something once you can discount it when you hear it again and again, you start to see a pattern. One of the things I hear frequently as a pastor is the confusion about what we can share with God. Are you angry with God? Share it. Are you confused by God with God? Share it. Do you have questions that plague you? Put it out there. I have this spiritual theory that goes like this. The one thing God can't abide is our dishonesty. If you're feeling it, do you really think God doesn't know it? Hiding your feelings from God is about as effective as Adam and Eve with a fig leaf. All it leaves us with is an itch. And do you think God isn't big enough to take it? Then your God is too small. I guarantee you, God has heard it before. You think you have questions? Chances are, God has them too. The only prayer to which God won't or can't respond is the one that's less than honest. Put it out there. Maybe you know that in the early days of the modern music industry, songs were sold on records. Flat vinyl discs that had a song on each side. The side that executives thought would be a hit, they called the A side. But not wanting to waste the other side, they offered a B side song. 
In one episode of the TV show NCIS, Dr. Jimmy Palmer lamented, nobody posts their B-sides. Which is to say, don't we curate an image to God, hoping to convince God and others that our internal world is different or better than we know it to be. No one posts their B-sides. Except, of course, Jeremiah. The whole books of Jeremiah and Lamentations may well be the Bible's B-side. And maybe you know that when we first heard Hound Dog by Elvis Presley, it was on the B-side. And so was Around the Clock by Bill Haley and his comments, Black Water by the Doobie Brothers, Maggie May by Rod Stewart, The Beatles, Strawberry Fields, Forever, and Revolution were B-sides. And Queens, We Will Rock You, rocked it from the B-side. The sides we hide from God and from others often turn out to be our best sides, the contributions we can best make for the healing of the world. And when this plays in us, that's when we find, as Jeremiah discovered about God, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Or when Jeremiah's words hit the charts with the lyrics, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me.